All right, you're now you're now on the record, by the way. I never thought about combining bourbon with milk, but that's what we're going to do. Is that what eggnog, what is eggnog? So I was when I was a kid, the whole like name eggnog just grossed me out. So then I did some research. Evidently, it's basically a custard that you're going to like. Would I've made this before, but I've turned it into ice cream. So it's just the liquid that you make ice cream out of, basically. But also, you take the egg whites and you whip it into a meringue, and then you stir that in to that liquid. And then you and put then you, booze in it. Then I put bourbon in it. <clears throat> yep. There's a there's a significant amount of uh, bullet bourbon in it. My wife did some research and learned that um, bourbon is actually gluten free. So we'll be able to, she'll, 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 be able to she'll, she'll be able to enjoy this. So glad that she can get snockered without having to worry about her delicate gluten needs. Because evidently the the process of distillation removes the gluten from it. All right. Well, let's go ahead don't, and don't uh, at me, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, uh, kind of introduce the show here. So we're this is that '80s and '90s movie podcast. I'm this guy, and that's that guy. And uh, we really probably should just spend the entire time talking about eggnog. I would think this is an eggnog podcast now. But instead, we're going to talk about the 1997 movie Starship Troopers, which. Uh, I think has um, eluded us thus far. I've wanted to talk about it for a while, and for some reason, we just it just kept getting shuffled back in the pile. So we're doing it today. We're really going to do it. This is definitely Casper Van Dien's best movie by a wide margin. I don't know anything else Casper Van Dien's ever been in, so I I'm would looking, agree. I'm looking through his list, and I don't know either. I don't recognize <laughs> any of this stuff. You know, but it's kind of weird because uh, he wasn't terrible. I mean, he wasn't the worst part of this movie. You know, I thought he was well cast. I didn't hate him. Well, I'm going to talk about casting in him because... uh, So this is not going to be a surprise to you. I've not read this book. (laughs) (laughs) Have you read this this book? This won't come as a surprise to anybody listening. I'm a big fan of Robert Heinlein, and I've read... I'm going to guess six of his books, and this being one of them. So I've read this book. I'm very proud of you for reading that so book. The so book I did not the book. If we're going to talk about this, let's get out of the way here. The okay. book is a lot different than the movie. The book Spoiler. is basically the book. Essentially, is the one-handed teacher just lecturing Rico in class about the nature of politics and government. So well, Paul Verhoeven, the director, made an excellent choice then, which was. I'm not reading that stupid book, and I'm going to make a movie with people shooting bugs. That was the correct move. Well, I will tell you, this is not my favorite uh, Heinlein book. It's not one that I've read multiple times. Um, I've read Stranger in a Strange Land multiple times. I've read uh, The Moon is a Harsh Mistress multiple times. I've read Tunnel in the Sky multiple times. So this one I've read once. So I didn't care. I have a buddy who really likes this book compared to other Heinlein books. So... I like it. I like Heinlein. I like old sci-fi. I like the, the the classics, and this is definitely considered a sci-fi classic. Well, let's um, in the traditional you want to jump? Sense. Well, when when we were when I was doing my research, and by research I mean I watched the movie, and then I looked at the Wikipedia page. So that's all the research I did. But I, I sent you that screenshot uh, where Verhoeven. <laughs> Tried to read the first few chapters and got uh, bored and asked the screenwriter to just give him a synopsis. And yeah. he was like, <laughs> he, he basically, Bill O'Reilly's like, we'll do it live. 
Well, it's I'll just, just I'll it, do it live. It's really interesting to me because sci-fi. This is another side here. First of all, Heinlein's on the he's on the pantheon of original sci-fi authors of like the like with with Asimov and uh, Bradbury. He's up there. He's that important. And then sci-fi changed, and there was this transition period with like PKD being the big dick swinging, you know, uh, author we all care about nowadays. Uh-huh. And then it's, now it's kind of transitioned to the modern sort of like uh, the whole idea of like a space opera kind of thing like this didn't even exist back in the 50s when this was written. So I think Heinlein probably turned over in his grave when this came out. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is not what they were. Inv- they weren't like the idea of Star Wars wasn't like a thing to these kind yeah. of guys. So this kind of like big budget action movie wasn't what he was envisioning with his story. But still, so, it's one of my favorite, definitely one of my favorite 90s movies. And we'll get into all those reasons, I'm sure, here through the podcast. I did not watch this recently. I, 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 I told my, co- my co-pilot here that I've seen this movie enough times, I don't need to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen this so. movie a handful of times. I did rewatch it because I probably haven't seen it in a good 10 years. Um, but I know you that, like to talk about our relationship with these movies. Yes. I remember seeing the trailers for this and thinking, I have to see this. And I saw this the weekend it came out in the theaters. And I was, you know, a lot of the times when I was a kid, you go to a movie and you're disappointed after you see it. Yeah, this wasn't one of them. No, no, this was like, I was like this. It wasn't what I was, I wasn't what I was expecting. And it wasn't a bad thing, though. Because it, it, it was different. You, it was good. You and, I, you and I are pretty close in age. But interestingly, this movie came out in 1997. So I was a senior in high school when this movie came out. And it, that's weird because there's this like, there's this shift from being like in junior high to being, and, and even early in high school to being later in high school, how you, you view movies and what's interesting to you and for what reasons. Maybe not that big of a shift, but some shift. So, I, like, I remember seeing the trailers for this movie and be like, that's on my list to see. I wasn't, like, super, super excited to see it. I also saw it in the theaters. Probably not opening weekend, because uh, I don't know if my dad had made a big sale that week or not. Because uh, <laughs> that's how we went to movies. If he got a commission old check. Gil needs this one. <laughs> exactly. My dad is old Gil. He's a little <laughs> less squirmy, but... Um, so, you know, our, our thing was he would take us to the all-you-can-eat pizza buffet right next to the movie theater, and we would have all-you-can-eat pizza, which was awesome. Although, what, was what was the pizza place? CC's? It was not CC's. This predated CC's, or at least... Is this the place you won't go to now? No, it wasn't Telania's. It was... Uh, I can't remember what it was called now. But, it, you know, all of them, all those all-you-can-eat pizza places, they're those little pizzas with the super thin crust, but not in a good way. And it's just like you go up there and you're like, I guess... And then you just pile a bunch of marinara sauce. And anyway, good memories, even though the pizza, in retrospect, not good. The best part about the Pizza Hut buffet were the red cups with the pebble texture. Oh, yeah. The pebbly texture is the best part. I am going to leave and go find a Pizza Hut now. (laughs) (laughs) Although it's COVID, so you can't do a buffet. Which is Yeah. That's dumb. I don't need a buffet, but I like a buffet, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, nobody needs a buffet. Um, so we would go to the pizza buffet and we would go see a movie. And that Did was. Did you know that, that was, Pizza Hut was the biggest purchaser of kale for 2012 or something like that? Because they put it on their buffet, like on like, decoration around garbage. all the stuff. 
on the salad bar. Yeah, that was the did only you, place they were using did it. Did you know that you frequently interrupt me when I'm in the middle of saying something? Yeah, but you're not saying anything interesting, so it's okay. I was saying, I, it was better than kale. Kale's I want you. I want when you listen to this. The dumbest when, when, thing I've ever heard. When you, when you listen to this, when you listen to this again, and you're the only person listening to it, uh-huh. I want you to be knowing that you're being talked over the entire time. Because everything yeah, you're trying to say, it's, your it's, vanity it's, podcast is being trampled and being taken. It is over. It's very. It hurts my ego, and it's really, really bad. Because the funny thing is, I will listen back to this. Or listen. Yeah, how do you say that? I will listen to this later. Oh, so this came out in 1997. No, I'm finishing a statement. <laughs> And I will listen to this thing, and I'll think, oh, man, I was gonna, I was getting to a point, and I, I just remember my point after hearing me say it, and then you interrupt it, and I never get to the point, and then I get so frustrated, and I yell at you in my car. Like, Matt, shut up! You really yell at me? It's not any different than being in the car with you. <laughs> this is a true statement. <laughs> so I saw this movie in the theater with my dad. Uh, I don't think my brothers were around so much, because they were in college already. So it was probably just my dad and I. And uh, it I struck me as the type of movie your brothers would like. Oh, we it, it didn't matter what we liked; it's what our dad took us to. So I went and saw it. And yeah, I, they would go. They would go see this and then say that it's lame. I don't for think whatever so. for whatever reason. I don't think so. I think to be you know why. So the other th- important thing about all these movies I watched that I always remember is was there nudity in it? And the answer is a resounding yes. And we talked about that a little bit with uh, was it RoboCop with the. Uh, the gender neutral uh, shower showers, and that was that was that's, a, Ver, that's, that's a Paul that's a Paul Verhoeven staple. You know he's not wrong. It's a good thing to throw in a movie. What else did he direct that had a communal shower? Well, it was RoboCop. Was it just RoboCop that had that? It didn't. Have, there wasn't one. This is our third Paul Verhoeven movie, I think, that we've reviewed too. By the way, what was the other one? Total Recall. Yeah, there was not. Uh, there was not a. Uh, Communal shower scene in Total Recall. I think there was one in Showgirls, though, that came out oh. before this. <laughs> and also, there's no full bush in this, like there was in Basic Instinct. No. Uh, but there was a communal shower scene, and that made this movie pop for me. Because I was you know, 17 years old, and I was like, yep, I'm on board with this. Yeah, I didn't even question it. I'm like, yep, that's, this is amazing. It was great. I guess Denise Richards doesn't take showers, though, in this universe. <laughs> no, she just never accumulates dirt or bacteria on her body at all. She is on those real... She's on that, like, uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever that my wife watches. Is she? she is terrible. Yeah, she's not good in this movie, either. She's but like that, a terrible person, is what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's a terrible person in this movie, too. That that shower scene though, the funny thing was I put I put myself. That's the whole idea of an action movie or, or, or a fantasy movie of any sort is that you want to insert yourself into the film, ideally as the the the, the hero of the movie. So I'm watching that and I'm, I'm watching that shower scene and I'm thinking I don't think I would have handled it the way they're handling it if I was there. And I don't mean that in like a cool macho as like, hey. like I just I. I just, it would have been too much. I just, I wouldn't. You I would, would have been, been like, thrown in the brig. I would have been like Denise Richards and not showered because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it because if there's naked girls in there, that would be awesome. But then there's also naked dudes in there, which is not awesome. And then no one knows why you're hard. In a worst case scenario, even worse than getting hard and no one knowing why is you're not hard. And then there, the water's cold and then everybody's seeing your, less than impressive penis. And I'm just like, I can't deal with all that. I would just shower when everyone else went to bed. Well, I think if you were Argentinian, you might think differently about it. 
So that brings me to the casting issue. So, so Johnny Rico, that's his name, right? Yes, Rico. Um, is from uh, Argentina. Rio, was it Rio? Buenos, no. Rio Buenos is in that's, that's in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Buenos Aires. Are people, so is he supposed to be like, uh, like a Nazi grandkid or something? Because he is white as the white, as the day is long. And I just feel like, and South I think America this is supposed to be, be this is supposed to be the future when there are um, the maybe the makeup of the world is different. But his last or name is still like global, vaguely global his Don't you think? Well, yeah, but there's lots of uh, um, you know German. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. That is my point. So yeah. I thought it was just a weird casting choice because I, I kind of didn't hit me on the first viewing the movie in the theaters. I'm like, whatever, city a city got blown up. But then I was like, Buenos Aires. Why didn't they just make him from like you know L.A. or something? But um, anyway, yeah, it's the future, I guess. Um, so yeah, let's just do the synopsis. We're all over the place. This is when you don't yeah, talk over me. Really great. are really all over the place i'm looking at the the demographic information from um buenos aires okay tell me how many of them are lily white children that are looking for lily lily white children of argentina (laughs) that's going to take an entirely different website that you're going to get tracked by the fbi for looking lily white children (laughs) so the majority of Inhabitants of Buenos Aires are European. Huh. Or well, I learned something, and I was I was Italian, uh, Andalusian, Galatian, Asturian, and then Spain, Spanish, like Basque, Spanish. Yeah, I was Basque, so it'd be that way. So in the movie, uh, there is basically like a high school that we're dropped into. And that's where Johnny Rico and his friends hang out very much <laughs> Saved by the Bell. It really reminds you of Saved by the Bell because, like, you have classes. Well, they're very short. Most of your time at school is in a passing period. just being an asshole. It would have been a great cast for a TV show. Yeah. Was cast with Van Dean, Denise Richards, Neil Patrick Harris. Was Jake Busey going to the school or was he someone they met in the Army? <laughs> no, he's someone they met in the Army, but I really yeah. like Jake Busey. And then... Dizzy was going to, so Dina Meyer was going to. So she wasn't in enough stuff after this. I really had a thing for her when I saw this movie because she, she didn't have like the wow pop factor of uh, Denise Richards because Denise Richards looks like a Barbie doll. Like she's obviously beautiful. She has like the oversized, like collagen filled lips, but she they weren't collagen filled because she was like eleven when this movie was made. And then of course uh, she. Uh, has a has a body uh, like Jessica Rabbit, so she obviously is the the eye catcher. But the girl that played Dizzy, she just had she had, she had a lot of spunk that one. She, she was, had a lot more. She had a lot more charisma. She has a lot of charisma because Denise Richards has negative charisma. <laughs> she does. She talks, and I wanted to just like stab her in the face. She's a bad actress. She's hundred uh-huh. percent. This is how she looks. Yeah, she's not yep. good in anything that she's ever been in. Don't at me, listeners. Stop saying that. <laughs> Please, I beg you to stop saying stop, don't at me. No one's adding you ever. Even if we had a large audience, nobody's going to at you. You don't know that. I'm a, I'm confident. So they're in this high school, and 
that's kind of how we learn about what this world, this universe is like. So there's basically essentially, I don't know if it's a global government, but it's a very kind of totalitarian government, but the, the privileged uh, people don't really feel the sting of that. Uh, but they're, they're in a classroom and they're being indoctrinated by uh, a teacher who had previous military service and he was teaching basically a civics class and he was telling them the importance of citizenship and you can't vote if you're not a citizen and a lot of those things. So I think this kind of was the very, very, very Cliff Notes version of what the entire book was basically about, which is, you know, indoctrinating teenagers. But we learned through this that uh, in order to get citizenship, the easiest path is to do military service. And so um, we learned that uh, Johnny Rico's girlfriend, who is just terrible, I don't know what her screen name is in this, but it's it's Denise Richards' character, and she's just the worst person. Carmen. Oh God, I just I can't explain how much. I hate. So they're in class, and they have like these iPads on their desk, which were way worse than iPads are, and you can write on them with a stylus. So he's drawing a picture of himself and her, just you know, artfully crafting this image and then it animates to where they kiss. So he sends it over to her iPad at her desk and then she alters the picture to be her blowing gum and then blowing up a gigantic bubble in his face, making him look like an asshole. And then she laughs at him. He's like, what? And that's what their relationship is like. She strings him along and treats him horribly, but he's like in love with her. She wants to be in the military because she wants to be a pilot of a starship. And he wants to get laid, so he is going to follow her to the military. Because that's the best way to get laid, is going to the military. Don't you agree? Yes, that is the easiest way to get laid. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of the premise uh, of the setup of the movie. But they, they're nearing graduation, I guess. And there's a prom-like dance or homecoming type thing. Um, also, MPH is just a psychic. Just because. Just because. <laughs> Yeah, well, and he joins the SS. He does join the SS, but he also brainwashes a ferret to uh, climbing climbing up his mom's vagina. So that was fun, just like Beastmaster. <laughs> so they um, they're nearing graduation. So uh, Johnny Rico has an argument with his parents because they find some flyers that he's thinking about joining the military. And, and they're very one percenters, like they live in a luxurious home and his dad has kind of that um, accent like really wealthy people do in Vermont or something. He's like, well, son, I'm not going to have you in the military. I can't do the accent. You know I can't do the accent. I tried. I can't do any accent. <sighs> no, I have one. I'm going to try to sneak it in this time too. It's not so much an accent as it's just a, a dead-on impression from someone who's probably not alive anymore. But... Um, so they, he argues with his dad, but he goes to prom still. But they have like a homecoming game of arena football in the craziest <laughs> way possible. <laughs> so I saw this as a kid, and I, not a kid, I guess as a as a burgeoning a young adult. I was seventeen, and um, I remember even watching it then. This was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. Try to pass for sports in a movie. So they're on this basketball court essentially but it's made to look up like a football field and they line up like they're playing football the football is painted like metal like shiny like it's a metal ball which i 
nobody believes it's metal, and I don't understand why you would use a metal ball. But uh, that's what the that's to make it look futury, I guess. Uh, and they're playing his opposite team, and he's uh, the wide receiver, and Dizzy, the the spunky girl, is the quarterback. Which don't at me, as Matt's been saying, but I don't think I think I think girls can't play football. Is what I'm saying. They were playing mutant league football though, so it's okay. Yeah, but she's like the quarterback who can amazingly put the ball anywhere she wants, and so he goes to run this route. So it was just it was so bad because like they would she would get blitzed. So instead of like dropping back in a pocket and trying to find open receiver, her entire job was apparently nobody wraps up uh, in tackling. So these people come and she would just lower her shoulder and she would just lift them up into the air and they'd flip behind her. She did that three or four times all the while Johnny Rico's running a pass route and he's like flipping to avoid defenders, which is not the most efficient way to get down the field, to be honest with you. Like you could maybe hurdle a defender, but he's literally doing like three flips in the air. Um, and that was their drawn up play. They're playing on a trampoline. It wasn't a trampoline though. Oh, it was just a floor because it was a trampoline. Every step he's he took, clearly, he's clearly very athletic. He's very athletic. So they score. He's amazing. Everything's great. But the other team comes back and scores. And the, here's the thing that made me hate Denise Richards' character on yet another level was a player on the opposing team uh, gets knocked into the crowd because the crowd's right there on the sidelines. And uh, he's like, oh, hey, you're beautiful. So like, while he's getting up from being knocked down, he's hitting on uh, Johnny Rico's girlfriend and she entirely entertains it. She's like, yes, I am beautiful. I find you attractive. My boyfriend's playing on the opposing team, but let's you and I have a conversation here. Uh, at which point he tells her that he's going to the Academy tomorrow for the military. At which point she literally like gushes in her pants because she's like, I want to go there too. So they're basically like she's cheating on him in front of him at the sideline of a game that he's winning. It's it's all bad. Um, and then they go to the dance afterwards, and for some reason, someone that goes to a different school that's playing on an opposing arena football team uh, shows up at the dance, and further uh, friction ensues. It was dumb and it was bad. What's the first movie where that happened? Karate Kid, where they're at a dance and there's a fight. I don't know that that was the first movie that happened in. I think you're forgetting a little movie called Back to the Future. Yeah, but they fight. They're just at the dance. I guess he's fighting Biff at the dance. Biff was trying to rape Marty's mom. He did. And then tried to do that. And they did. And they just glossed over it. By the way, can we? This is really off track, but this bothers me. So in the the plan for how to get his parents back. Marty's plan is to be in the car and attempting to rape his own mother, and then uh -huh. his dad was going to come and save them. Because uh -huh. the whole thing, he said, hey, George, you come to the car, and there's going to be stuff going on, and you pull me out and defend her and beat me up, which means he would have had to be trying to aggressively sexually assault his own mother in order for that plan to work. Well, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah, it's... It's really messed up. So uh, that didn't happen in this movie. Thank thankfully, there was no mother rape. Um, so they're not at the dance. What's that? That's not Shakespeare. No. <laughs> Shakespeare was, uh, he was all about weird incestuous relationships. So 
they finish the dance. He decides they're all going to go sign up for the army. So they all just go. And apparently you just like go to the airport and then you say, I want to do this. And you turn in some papers and they tell you what you're going to do. So he gets assigned to um, the infantry. She gets assigned to basically the Air Force. And NPH gets assigned to intelligence. Uh, intelligence. So they all ship off, never to see each other again. But <gasps> as fate would have it, they do see each other again. So um, that kind of fast forwards us to, A, Denise Richards being a total bitch again. Because he's telling her goodbye in the airport. He's like, I love you. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and he just has to beg her, could you just say you love me? And I can't remember if she said it or not, but she didn't want to. And she's a terrible person. She shouldn't have to if she doesn't want to. That's she's, true. She's a woman with free will. Slay queen. <laughs> so, uh, so he ships off to boot camp. Um, and it's very intimidating. There's a drill sergeant there who is uh, just assaults his soldiers. Uh, and, but, but apparently they have this healing technology in the future where you can be horribly injured, and then later that day you're just kind of okay. Like he breaks this guy's arm, and then like compound fractures, arms pointing in the wrong direction, and bones are sticking out, and then later that day he's in a mess hall with just like an ice pack on his arm. He's like, it's cool. <laughs> but uh, Is it an ice pack, or is it like a big, like... It's like supposed to be, yeah, but it looks like an ice pack. It looks like one of those blue ice packs. Um, So then Dizzy transfers into this unit because she wants to be with Rico because she is mad thirsty for him. And he's a good-looking guy. I'm not not saying that I'm attracted to him. I'm just saying I can understand why she's attracted to him. You know, he makes you feel things. I get it. Does that defend my heterosexuality enough, or should I be more insistent? You need to be more insistent. I don't want to have sex with Casper Van Diem anymore. The lady, <laughs> the, the man, the lady protests too much. <laughs> so, um, but the funny thing is, so he, she tries to transfer into his unit, and then the drill sergeant's like, you can't just come in my unit. What do you, why would we accept you? She's like, well, because I want to be the best of the best. So he's like, well, how are you going to prove it? Which, if this was rated X, that she would have done that, gone about that a little bit differently. But instead, she decides to engage in hand-to-hand combat with him. And um, how do I say this? He kneels on her. <laughs> he kneels on her neck, which does not hold up well in today's uh, climate because uh, it was supposed to just be okay. And then she has this huge bruise in her neck, and they all realize, like, boy, he's really going to push us to be our best. Mm-hmm. Are you remembering any of this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. So, <laughs> you know, not not to anyone's surprise, they end up being this dynamic duo, and they're fantastic, and and they're all trying to kind of get in these leadership positions within the squad. So they're doing a live action, or not a live action, a live ammunition uh, exercise, which again, people are jumping and flipping around, which is not an effective way to avoid enemy fire. Uh, but one of uh, Rico's uh, subservient, or not subservient, but uh, what the hell is the word? He's subordinate. He's a commanding officer. He's yeah. not an officer. He's like a. He's like the he's squad a, leader. Yeah. So one of his boys. So one of his boys' helmet isn't working. So he's like, here, give it to me. I'll fix it. And right when he does that, the kid gets shot right in the chrome. Or right in the dome, not the chrome. Right in the chrome. Right in the dome and gets murdered. So. He's getting disciplined for this, and this was kind of like the Mel Gibson torture porn scene where they they 
line them up and stretch them out and they're flogging them with a whip with a shirt off. Um, I don't know why that's such a popular trope in movies because I guess people are into S&M. I don't know. They wanted to get Casper's shirt off one way or another. Like, they, it, had to be off, it had to be off a certain amount of time for the movie. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we're, we're 28 minutes in. we got to get a shirt off. So, uh, so he's thinking about washing out and leaving because he's kind of traumatized by this event. But then something even worse happens. Yeah, so then he's... He's calling his parents to say, you guys are right. I shouldn't have joined the military. I want to come home. And they're just fawning over, like, we love you. It's okay. So what I thought was funny about this is there's some product placement here. So it's on this big television screen thing, like the size of a wall. And he's doing a video call with his parents. But on this, prominently displayed on this is that this call is being serviced by AT&T. And then the call drops. <laughs> but the call drops because uh, the planet was hit by uh, a meteor and his parents are killed. And that was, was a good scene. I just didn't think that was the best place for product placement, especially for AT&T, who, you know, sometimes drop calls. You got to take what you can get. Sometimes you're not the most reliable. This brings me to the first thing that really bothers me about this movie now as an adult. is So this meteor hits the Earth. And it's discovered that it was a meteor that was sent off course in order to hit the Earth by the bugs of this other species of aliens that look like bugs. Uh, and and, and it's doing it in retaliation to humans intruding on their planet, which were Mormons for some weird reason. Uh, like Mormons set up an outpost. And they had like a, a very interesting... Uh, like footage of that where they had a temple built and had like the gold guy on top of the temple and everything. So shots fired at the Mormons in this movie. Uh, was it that way in the book or do you remember? You know, I don't remember, but it is a very Mormon thing to do is to be, you know, pioneering. Yeah. It's also casting a lot of shade at Mormons. Uh, but it also, maybe it's good for Mormons because it says, hey, your religion's still going to be around when interstellar space travel is possible. So Every, good for them, I guess. It is a trope in sci-fi. That Make Mormons, fun of Mormons? Well, like in the Expanse, they're building like a Mormon like generation ship that they're going to try to. They're going off in the deep space on the ship. It's always the Mormons doing weird stuff in these movies. Always. Well, Mormons kind of so, earned it, I think. Yeah, it's a reputation that's. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not a Mormon podcast, so. No. If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna learn more about Mormons, you need to tune into our other podcast called Mormon Talk. <laughs> that is a lit podcast. <laughs> uh, We've been no, doing that one for years. You know, we are 800 episodes deep in that one. Um, the thing that that started starts to bother me now as an adult. So I was bad at physics in college. I wasn't bad, but I wasn't good. I wasn't as interested in it as I should have been. And it was because there's a lot of math. Uh, and math is boring. But Concepts in physics aren't boring, and so I've become more interested in physics as I've uh, grown into a quasi-adult. And one of the things that you start to learn is the vast distances um, in space. So, and, and how is it that you would travel these vast distances? And most science fiction gets around this by warp drives or light speed. And light speed really wouldn't help you out that much, to be honest. So warp drives make a little more sense. But in general, it takes you know, generations, like we're talking about with the Mormon generation ship, it takes generations to get from one place to the next. In this movie, the Mormons had set up camp, the bugs are mad, 
And we find out that they fire plasma out of their butts as a weapon. And so what they'd done is they'd fired plasma out and it hit this meteor and changed its trajectory to hit the Earth. Now, how fast would that plasma have to be traveling to retaliate with something that happened in a relatively recent past to then hit this meteor to then hit the planet Earth? What I'm saying is that's dumb. Even if the bugs are smart enough to figure out how to do that, that plasma would have to be uh, breaking all the laws of physics to arrive there before several thousands, if not millions of years later. So they were shooting it like through interstellar space? That was the, the premise of this meteor hitting Earth, is that they hit it with a plasma blast, and that knocked the meteor off course. So a meteor's not traveling faster than the speed of light. Plasma's not tra- traveling faster than the speed of light. So if they're even, you know, what's the closest? Alpha Centauri's how many light years? 14 light, light years away or something? It's several. Yeah, so you're talking about they would have to have done that at least probably 20 years uh, in advance of the asteroid actually hitting that. And that's assuming that those things are traveling at the speed of light. My point is this. It's dumb, and it wouldn't happen. There's no way the bugs could retaliate. If they don't have warp drives to get on their own spacecraft and come to Earth and mix things up, there's no way there's ever going to be any confrontation. So the entire movie is flawed because the bugs have no way to reach Earth. So done. We're done with the movie. It, it's done. not possible after that. Yep, you guys heard it here first. A sci-fi movie was not possible. <laughs> Things that happened in the movie were ridiculous. Anyway, so but you know, there's lots that's sci-fi movies really kind of, unless they do a lot of legwork, often fall into that problem. Uh, I hate Star Wars now. I didn't think I hated Star Wars until um a, I kind of started to hate Star Wars because everybody was like loving on it all the time. I was like, yeah, I kind of remember Star Wars when I was a kid. And then the, the prequels came out, and those were hot garbage. And so I was like, yeah, the prequels are, are really bad, but people still love Star Wars. And then they came out with the latest set. And there was the one movie where they're like caught in this stupid like uh, chase where there's one ship that has them all on there. And then there's like a side mission where... Uh, two of the characters go to like a casino planet, but then they gotta get I'm like all no, of this don't want to talk about it. All of that is totally moot because you're talking about again interstell- interstellar space travel. So if you're traveling fast enough to leave that ship to go to another star's system to visit a planet there, guess what? You've been gone for a decade. So that those people are all dead now. You're not like But they were using hyperspace to travel. Yeah. Yeah, well, that also changes like time dilation, and, and there's lots of gravity effects. The point is, it's impossible. And That's it's Star stupid. Wars. Yeah, in Star Wars, it would still be stupid and wrong. Well, The Mandalorian is much better than anything that's ever happened in the last thirty years of Star Wars. The movie, the movie uh, Interstellar, really changed my life. Not because it's a great movie, but because they really addressed a lot of these things about. Uh, long distance space travel and how gravity affects time and all those different things. It's like you can't just like go on a star voyage and then just come back and see your family again. Like you go, even if you survive, everyone will be dead by the time you get back. Interstellar is excellent. It's a very good movie. It's not my favorite. It's not like my favorite plot of a movie, but this, the the sci-fi elements of it I thought were, were very good. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I enjoyed it a lot. So... Star, storm, starship Troopers. Um, stormship Troopers. Stormship. Starship. Stormship is... God dang it, Matt. 
Starship Troopers is the movie we're talking about. Stormship Troopers are the people on the stupid Star Wars movie I was just hating on. Okay. <laughs> so that, that starts this war. So he's, he's in boot camp, ready to leave. The bugs attack Earth. So then they go and they go to the bug planet to fight. And uh, the bugs are very good at killing people. Very good at it. And so they're outgunned and outmatched, and they're shooting plasma blasts out of their assholes at the ships as they're trying to land, which was also further evidence that these plasma blasts do not move very fast because they could, like, dodge them and see them coming. Um, well, where else are they going to blast plasma from? I guess, you know, you could have... You're right. Their cloaca is the only way to do it because they can't have technology for this. Oh, print. listen to you. I got a couple of chickens, and now I'm an expert on <laughs> on cloacas. Uh, so a cloaca, cloaca, they would have like a, a a penis inside of it, right? I, you're the chicken boy. Well, there's males and females. They both have cloaca. The males still have uh-huh. a penis. It's just like all tucked up in the cloaca. Yes. Um, which is checked. well, you could. You want to come over? No, all my chickens are <laughs> all my chickens are females. So there's no point. You just be looking at chicken assholes for no reason. I'm not. I'm, you're not going to trick me into doing that. <laughs> you know you want to. I don't. So I guess ultimately uh, they are surprised and overrun by the bugs, um, and then they get horribly injured, and they they get to showcase the. Uh, the healing powers of the future because he's in this like floating bath of amniotic fluid and he's just getting fixed and he's just better. Um, But a couple of other battles ensue and ultimately all these friends become reunited because they have to fight these bugs. Uh, Johnny Rico gets like four promotions in the space of like a month. He just keeps getting promoted higher and higher and higher. And there's no like actual paperwork involved. It's just like, you're a corporal now. Like, you just tell somebody they're that rank and now they are, which doesn't seem like really an efficient way to run the military. Well, the military is not known for their efficiency, so. And dig a hole and fill it back up again kind of thing? Well, just the amount of money you owe in the military. It's wild. Oh, you think all that goes to the military, huh? Oh, oh. <laughs> That's for the other podcast. Yeah. That's for a very special episode. Um, so all this time Denise Richards has learned to fly a starship and she's super good at it just naturally and everybody's really impressed by her and she meets up with a guy that she was wanting so bad to cheat on her boyfriend with which by the way she jumped him she dumped him while he was in boot camp which also her character is just and they don't like at the end of the movie they don't say yep she's the bad person you should not like her they still like are holding her up as like this group of this band of friends I'm like she's a terrible person yeah. They should they should have just said, you know, we're never speaking to you again. She's kind of like out of the loop though by the end, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, she's just she's just awful. That's all like, the thing I can think about her. Um the, it comes to light that there is a brain bug. Like there's a smart bug, and that's the one that somehow like telepathically communicates with all the other bugs and gives them orders on how to defeat humans and this kind of i don't know if that was in a movie or in the book i hope it's not but one of the things that bothers me about sci-fi movies but there's probably not a good workaround is there's always like the if we destroy this one everything else falls apart 
Like if we kill this one bug, if we blow up this one spaceship, if we get rid of the the only male dragon, if we, you know, there's always as if there's just one enemy that we really have to defeat, and then everything else collapses. And um, I don't know. I don't know why it bothers me. It just does. It just seems stupid. Well, it is kind of stupid. Is there better? Because the other way is you have to strategically go along and win battles and then somebody has to concede defeat and then you have to like meet on the deck of the you know ss missouri or whatever uh and and sign a treaty like i guess that's how it really works instead of just like oh we killed the bad brain bug and now all the so are over we've kind of like we're kind of like we haven't even talked about kind of the, the subtext of this movie because the whole movie's set up throughout this kind of series of like propaganda films so the idea behind this movie is Theoretically, hypothetically, I think what's going on with the bugs is humans have been expanding into space and have encroached onto the bugs like turf. That's mm-hmm. why the bug that's why the bugs are attacking humans, is because humans are, you know, settling on their lands and they're fighting back against humans. And we paint them as these, you know, in the movie they're being painted as like the villains. But more it sounds like all these battles have been, except for when they attacked Buenos Aires, have been on bug territory. We've been going into bug territory and starting shit. But then we act like this is some kind of, uh, you know, they're acting like this is some kind of valorously amazing, great, you know, thing for humanity. So the whole movie is, is set up like war propaganda. Yeah. It does I a think, good so job. The movie, the movie is supposed to be, I think, like an allegory about, you know. So I'm um, too worked up over the bugs, is what you're saying. I think so, yes. Okay. Oh, well, I, you know. I take that criticism, and I appreciate you for it. And moving um, right along back with what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> no. No, I mean, it, it. that makes a lot of sense, because there is all those little clips in the movie. So they do something similar. Paul Verhoeven did this in RoboCop, too, where you get these little clips into what's going on in pop culture. It also happened in uh, Running Man, which is not a Paul Verhoeven flick, where you know you, they have this running gag of a TV show or whatever. And in this one, there's these like propaganda ads that would run uh, telling you about how great the military is. And says, do you want to know more? And then they also had these kids that are saying, I'm doing my part, which has become a meme now. <laughs> and uh, so I, I think it really did kind of point to how uh, kind of the, the, the propaganda of an imperialistic style government is evil even if you really need that oil. But it was funny because we were talking about, I was texting you when I was watching it. And uh, so when they're killing the bugs, they have these assault rifles and they're just unloading like a hundred rounds per bug. It's really difficult to kill them and they're shooting a lot. And it really bothered me. So I said something like, how many rounds do these guns hold? And you told me it's like a rail gun, so they can have a lot of ammo. But I remember now watching it that one of those propaganda films, they're like with school children, they're letting them handle the rifles and they're handing them individual bullets, and they were just regular bullets. So I don't know how you could fire that many rounds. Magic. Please explain it to me. Just magic. That's all you got? They're transporting the bullets into the gun via. Um, a teleportation device from okay. the magazine of the ship. Okay, that I, that makes more sense. Um, it's like portal. So I liked, it is. Port, 
portal. The, the, there's a portal on the gun where the bullets can fall into, and then there's a big portal on the ship. And it's like instead of shoveling coal into the engine, they're shoveling bullets into the portal holes. I did like the style of this movie. So the guns, because I, I think about that now, because we watch movies nowadays, as to, to say an old person thing. And a lot of things are computer generated or um, they're doing a lot of you know, different things. And there's not many, as many props or practical effects. And so I was thinking about it, like they had to design what these fully automatic assault rifles were going to look like to make them look futuristic. And then they had to fire blanks or whatever high rate of speed, which would have been like you really had to make a gun. And they did it, and like I never once watching this movie either as a teenager or an adult went like, no, that gun look, that gun looks stupid. Like they look good, so I like that. Uh, the starships, the actual spaceships, which they didn't feature super heavily, those were pretty well done. Like the special effects didn't make me laugh watching it now. No, it's um, still good. This movie holds up for sure. Yeah, and the bugs actually look pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. We'll get a game of StarCraft without thinking about Starship Troopers. <laughs> I did like there was a scene where there's like the the big like tank style bug, and Johnny uh-huh. Rico climbs up and jumps from a cliff on top of it, and then he just fires a hole with his gun and then drops a grenade in it. I don't know why, but that scene always stuck out to me because he's just shooting through the exoskeleton. There's just this orange goo going everywhere. And it was just so satisfying for some reason. It was like a gigantic. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's the old Uberlisk from <laughs> from uh, uh, StarCraft. I've never played StarCraft, so StarCraft came out like in '98, and it it was a lot of fun. But yeah, the Zerg reminded me a lot of the bugs. So, but the game had to be in development before that. So yeah, they had tactical nukes. Which I don't know how that works, but they they shot like a tactical nuke into a, a bug cave, and then they could. I just think it's just the it. idea that the nuke's smaller, like small enough to like, you know, not kill everybody, but kill the bug. Yeah, but I don't know. I guess what would would constitute a, nu- a nuclear weapon? I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. It seems like the blast would be hard to contain. Well, I think any kind of fission weapon would be a nuclear weapon, right? Yeah, sure. So Sounds if you good. if you use a small amount of fissionable material, you have a theoretically have a smaller blast. But then, what purpose does that serve over using just like you know a conventional explosive? Yeah, yeah, or whatever else you'd use in explosives. So I don't know. I thought some of the gory scenes were pretty good, where the bugs were like ripping people apart. Um, Johnny Rico got like stabbed th- like through the leg, which was pretty gruesome. Um, What's her name? Dizzy gets stabbed through the chest and she totes dies. She gets a funeral. Nobody else gets a funeral in this movie. She gets a funeral for some reason. They play the bagpipes and inject her into space. I don't know if they played the bagpipes, but they totally eject oh, that's, into space. That's Star, that's Star Trek 2. Sorry. Oh, Lord. Uh, I mean, oh, Lord. That sounds like a good movie. Uh, it is um, It is an excellent. We should watch that. We're not going to. We're not going to. If you really want to watch a Star Trek movie, I'll watch it. But I am just going to tell you. It's going to be hard. It's going to be like Road Warrior all over again, where you're going to be like, isn't this great? And I'm just going to hate on it. <laughs> no accounting for taste. No, I'm sorry. We're different people. That's what, that's what makes us so good together. 
Um, can we talk about the nudity a little bit? I, I, I'm, surprised surprised you've made, I'm surprised you've made it this long without talking about nudity. So when I saw this movie, I was not expecting to see the dizzy girl naked. And we saw her naked two times. I was expecting to see Denise Richards naked. We saw her naked zero times. Which made me hate Denise Richards even more, to be honest with you. But um, the Dizzy Girl was she was so she was so smitten with Johnny Rico, and he, it just bothered me so bad when I was watching because he was he's like, I don't care about you. She's clearly an attractive woman, and she clearly she's not like mincing words. She's like, I want to hook up with you, and he's like, Yeah, I don't want to. And it took like. She what? clearly has been held back a few grades. <laughs> she's not. She is not eighteen. She's a very uh, well developed eighteen year old. And then her, it takes his like teacher sergeant guy to be like, "Hey, you should probably go have sex with this woman." And then even though like he turned her down a ton, and then he turned her down right before, then he didn't turn her down. She's like, "Yeah, I'm good to go." She was. She was a perfect woman. And when I watched this movie back then, I was like, "Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with him." She's amazing. <laughs> I still yeah. wish in more movies. Yeah, she wasn't really. I looked through her IMDb, and there wasn't a lot of impressive uh, listings afterwards. But you know, when we talk about nudity in these movies, which was kind of um, maybe a more reasonable thing to discuss, I do think it's much better. Like, I know they want to put in these movies to get people to watch them. I think it's much better when it serves the plot, though. It's so much more palatable. Like in this movie, the shower scene was, eh, you didn't really need it, but at least there was some exposition that was going on in there. That's how everybody else learns that Johnny Rico was just following his girlfriend. So at least that that served a purpose. And then the love scene in the tent when he and Dizzy finally get together uh, definitely served a purpose because there was an arc there. But like when you look at uh, other movies, like we talk about Demolition Man, where you just see Sylvester Stallone's taint for no reason. <laughs> no, you see annoying. it because he wanted to show it to us. That's the reason. <laughs> there was but, a reason. But it just bothers me when nudity doesn't advance the plot. It's just, I don't know, it's pretty Good easy to, you. it's pretty easy to move, put it into a movie in a way that moves the plot forward. It's not hard. Like, I could write a movie where I'm like, there's pretty pretty much a place here where I could get somebody naked and move the plot forward. But they're just like, oh, uh, we need to get that R rating. And They could have an old man on a TV show screaming, I'll buy that for a dollar. And then motorboating just women for an hour. That's his show. <laughs> that would be a great show. They really should have that show. <laughs> you know, I've answered my own question in my head, though. I think I think it all comes down to, you know, the, the dollars and cents of it. Because if you have somebody who has a lot of speaking lines, I don't know how... Hollywood works, but I know like if you have X amount of speaking lines, then you, you get a different pay scale. If you're naked, you get a different pay scale. But if you are like a starring, if you have a starring role, significant role, and that role requires you to do nudity, uh, they're going to have to pay that actor a lot more. But if you have somebody where their only thing in the movie is to basically be a body double or to just have, you know, one short scene where their screen time is very low and they're having some nudity, I think uh, they can pay them like almost nothing and they still get the bang for the buck. So again, in that stupid demolition man, other than his taint being in it, there was that one stupid scene where somebody has a wrong number video call and she's totally nude. 
that was just that punched it up to get that R rating. He had boobs instead of just his scrotum on the on the film on 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 the screen. So <clears throat> that that got them what they wanted. I I bet they hardly had to pay that woman anything. Yeah, and she was happy to have the work. Yeah, she's like, oh, it goes on my acting credits, you know, and uh, it's on my reel now. But they had, didn't pay her. And you know, they paid they paid her scale probably. Yeah. And then, like uh, in uh, RoboCop, that the shower scene there, there was no big names in there. It wasn't the nobody else had lines in it. It was just, you know, woman number two getting undressed in the shower, and that got you your your nude scene for the movie. And they had to pay that person, you know, a couple hundred bucks maybe. And everybody was happy. I don't think that person's happy. That's oh, the only thing she has in her credits. But she didn't have to do anything. You just show up. You know, show your boobs and you're and you get to go home. How much would you have to get paid to be nude in a movie? Like well, a, I'd release see, that's a good question. Like I I think there's people who are so desperate to be in a movie they would show their butthole for minimum wage on a movie. <laughs> and personally I don't I don't have interest in being in a movie or wanting to act. So the cost of having me do it is significantly more than it would cost to have like Henry Zabrowski who would show his butthole on film for a low, low price. So, well, people like that would show their butthole just because it's funny. Mm-hmm. He practically has. Yeah. So his, I'm asking you, you, don't turn this around. I'm asking you, what do I have to write a check for to have you? For me? For, for everyone to see. Not for not right now. Like not in a this movie? In for a the movie. podcast right now? No. <laughs> you have Venmo? <laughs> <laughs> you take PayPal? <laughs> um, let's say... For me to be nude for the podcast, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, you're nude right now, so that's you lost your own bargaining chip there. Am I? Yeah, I can see your nipples. Oh, those are my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a weird question because, like, I think that's something, and I wonder if that's going to change. So we were talking about with all the COVID stuff and movie theaters being closed. Are they going to change? You know, is that going to change movies for good um, in the budgets and stuff? Because they're not going to be able to recoup it the way they do now with the big movie theater releases. But um, I wonder, uh, you know, if that's between that and the Me Too movement that that kind of swept Hollywood a while back. um, I wonder if it's changed nudity in Hollywood. I don't know. People still like it. (laughs) Yeah, like a lot of the the premium television out there so like your game of thrones and and uh other like i don't know non-basic tv but like premium cable shows they're still they're still throwing a lot of nudity out there i mean game of thrones had like rape in it which was kind of surprising now looking back i'm like well gee we're talking about kind of toxic masculinity and and hollywood um exploiting women and we're just brazenly making a new, really, really super popular show that has rape scenes in it. Well, it came out in 2011. That's when it started. So, yeah, uh, that's actually in the book. His grandfather. The show, <laughs> yeah, that and the show is very true to the book. So, yeah. so they got that going on too. So, you think nudity is here to stay? I think as long as people like to see nude people, there'll be nudity. There's lots of places to see nude people. Is the thing like you can see nude people on the internet any day you want. Yeah, but well, people like to see nudity in movies. Yeah, I guess. 
like it. You like it. I don't know why I'm disappointed by that answer. I'm like, yeah, I guess people like to see I naked. Guess, I guess people want to see more nude people. I don't know. I don't know what your problem is. I never, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I just like the idea of that. I lived in the heyday when movies would just throw naked people in it just because you had to. Because they felt like they owed you. I felt like they owed me. I, I was paid, like, hey. I paid eight bucks to get into this. Actually, back there, I paid four dollars to get into this movie, and I need to see boobs, and I need to see lots of boobs. Do you remember Rush Hour movies where you could go for four bucks? I never went to those, so uh, you may not. This may come as a surprise to you, but going to the movies at times can be very stressful for me. <laughs> Tell me more. So, to me, since I can nowadays, we'll pre apocalypse i could go online and choose my seat and that has alleviated so much going to the movies anxiety for me that i enjoy the movies much more i did not like like i there a movie would come out that i want to see and the fact that i would have to go and like fight a crowd and get there early and then try to get a good seat and then have to sit and wait for the movie to start versus you know you go and you pay like 15 bucks to see a movie and you sit in the front rows and you can't see anything that's mm-hmm. the worst. I've been to movies before where they like don't have any seating left. Like I show up late, and we had to sit on the floor, like on the ground in the <laughs> aisle, because there was no seats left. But then somehow we had tickets. I've so, never in my life not had a seat at a movie. That's and how I've I, seen more movies than you. I guarantee it. That's how I saw From Hell. I, I sat in the I sat in the aisle when I saw From Hell. Um, so knowing where my seat is before I get there, that not helps. having to wait, not having to wait in line to buy a ticket. In already having my ticket and not having to worry about the movie being sold out before I get there. That helps. So I've seen plenty of movies in the theater, but it's just a lot of so I would try to we would go later at night. We would do things to try to avoid crowds. So as to alleviate all that stressfulness of going to the movie. So you had a lot of disappointing movie going experiences then? No, it's just those things happen maybe once or twice and then now it's something that's you know, I think about every time I go to the movie. Like well, I've, only had, I've only had like one time where I've sat in the very front. I've only had like one time where I've had to sit in the aisle. I've only had one time or two times when I've gone and it's been sold out. But all those things like stick in my mind, you know, and I think about them when it comes to movie time. So, I went to see uh, the Superman, the the first one with Henry Cavill. So I don't know how long ago that came out. I went to see that in a the theater because I really wanted to see it, and I took my wife with me, who did not want to see it, but she was going with me anyway because I don't have friends. And um, <clears throat> true story. So we got there uh, before the movie, but late in the ticket buying process. And the same thing, we went in, and I really, really wanted to see this movie. So I was like, "Yep, let's just go." And we got sat very near the front, and that it was one of those big mega screens. And then there's a lot of flashing, and it was just a very visually um, oriented movie with like tons of things going on. And so we're looking, staring up at the screen, and my wife just looks at me and she says, my head is killing me, and I cannot sit there this entire thing. And I had to agree with her. I'm like, I, I can't do it either. So we left. That was the first time I walked out of a movie. It's terrible. It's a movie I really wanted to see. I also had another superhero movie where I should have left, and this was in, I don't know, whenever it was Spider-Man. I guess it was maybe Spider-Man 3. I can't. I think it was Spider-Man 3. It was coming out. And I really wanted to see it, but at the time I was, I think it was when I was in med school. 
So I was leaving and it was being released like on a Friday, like Friday night at midnight. I mean, it was Thursday night at midnight because it was being released on a Friday. So midnight was the first Friday showing. But I had like a flight the next morning early, but I really wanted to see it. And I, yeah, it was med school because I was going to be gone and I was not going to be able to see movies for months and months. So I talked her into going to see the midnight showing of this movie. And then we just decided, well, since it's, we're not getting out of the movie till like 2 a.m. And my flight, I had to like leave for the airport at 4 a.m. Then I guess we'll just stay up. And it was miserable. And the movie wasn't good. And I hated every second of it. So, yeah, don't go see movies in theaters. It's stupid. Yeah. COVID's the best thing to happen. Yeah, especially now that Warner Brothers is going to put Dune out on HBO. Oh, my God. Oh, is that what they're doing? They're putting everything out. Warner Brothers is releasing everything they're putting out next year for the first 30 days is out on HBO Max. So the new Godzilla movie, um, everything is going to be on H- is going to be on HBO. Well, they're releasing Wonder Woman in the theater Christmas Day. That's Warner and, Brothers, isn't it? And, and HBO. Oh, they are doing it on HBO yeah, as well? Yeah, you, you can watch Wonder Woman on Christmas Day on, on HBO Max. So I'm not going to the movie theater then? No. This is what's going to happen to movies in the future, I think. Yeah. So. I'm okay well, with it. Disney did that uh, Mulan, that live-action Mulan, and then you had on you. I had Disney Plus, but you still had to pay like thirty bucks or something to get it. It's free now on Disney Plus. Like they took it off that list this weekend. Yeah. So it, it just, came out. It came out what like three months ago. Yeah, quite a while ago. So I mean, if you can wait three months, you don't have to pay anything extra for it. Well, who wants to wait three months? I didn't want to see the movie, but like we were just so starved for something entertaining for the whole family. We plunked down the 30 bucks and watched it as a family. I heard those, the songs weren't in it, and I'm like, I don't care. If the songs <laughs> aren't in it, I ain't watching it. If I can't hear I'll Make a Man Out of You, I don't want to watch Mulan. So. Well, you didn't miss much. I had never actually seen the animated Mulan, so I didn't care one way or the other. You're staring at me like I just said that it's some of the best Disney music in a movie. So I recommend watching it if you still have um, if you still have Disney Plus. I still you have also, Disney Plus. You also could watch Hamilton. Hamilton was good. But I know, yeah, how, you feel about, I know how you feel about that probably. I haven't made my, myself watch that yet. Um, well, that's Starship Troopers for you. Starship Troopers. <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> Starship Troopers. Uh, you should watch it. Yeah, it's 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 worth a watch. Um, Neil Patrick Harris plays an SS officer in this movie, so don't forget. And they do not like hide that when he's in full uniform. It's exactly an SS uniform. Yeah, so I think this movie. The good thing about this movie is it's entertaining action movie, but the really I think there's a subtext about propaganda and fascism and um, all of that there. So it's hard to describe in the context of this podcast because um, you know. We're wrapping up, but it's there. Trust me. There's more than meets the eye to this movie. I so. didn't let Matt talk about everything he wanted to talk about. That's what you're saying. No, no, it's fine. It's there's just more to it than meets the eye. So this movie is more than just a stupid action movie. So it didn't do well at the box office, which is too bad because it was a great movie. I really enjoy this movie. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think the again, the aesthetics of the movie are very good. 
Uh, I think the forecasting of what technology would be like is one of my favorite things to think about. And there were some interesting things in there, <clears throat> but it wasn't super heavy on that. They weren't super heavy on like, what are things going to be like? So healing happens faster and they have more technology with that. They don't explain that. Oddly, like tattoos are laser engraved now somehow. That was a thing. But they, did, they weren't real heavy on what's the future going to be like other than you can have a video call on a gigantic wall. That was the most futuristic thing that has actually happened. I don't know what year we're supposed to be set. Do you? Um, I'm not sure either. Let me see what the Wikipedia says here. 23rd century. Okay. So we got a while. Ways to go. We got 200 years. All right. So uh, I liked it. I thought uh, Denise Richards was definitely the worst part of the movie. Uh, Jake Busey is in this, uh, and he is exactly like his dad. Is, yeah in all the best ways yeah <laughs> all right well i think that's it do you want to do a sign off because you do it so well yeah um you know you can listen to this or you can choose not to listen to this i i don't give a shit <laughs> that was a good variation i liked it all right signing off <laughs>